Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here with Money, Riches, and Wealth and co-host Leo Laveza. It's going to be a baseball player or something, you know? I know. I, I, it's got a good ring to it. professional wrestler. I could, you know, I get a good intro song going. I could be in the WWE. There you go. I think uh-huh. you'd be great at it too, man, you know? Anyway, we're here uh, with Leo, and uh, we're going to be taking your calls. Uh, as long as you call in, we're going to keep doing open shows, and uh, you get to be the guest. You get to determine the conversation, where we're headed, what we're talking about, what's beneficial to you, what's most important to you. Maybe you want to talk about Social Security or Medicare. M- you know, you got questions about that. Maybe you've got questions about your 401k or IRAs or Roth conversions or uh, taxes and uh, you know it's the end of the year and tax this time you do your tax planning you don't do your tax planning in uh, February March and April when you file your tax return you do it now in October November and December that's the time to do it, be doing your tax uh, uh, planning and so forth so what what's the topic that's on your mind maybe it's auto and home insurance maybe it's life insurance you know we don't talk about that enough I don't think enough people call in and ask about their auto and home insurance but Leo can tell you, Leo, when we do a financial physical, what's probably the number one thing that we fix 90% of the time? It's the insurances. Yeah, because it's terrible. I mean, it's just absolutely terrible how uh, badly insured people are, whether it's auto and home or whether it's their life insurance or how they think about long-term care or yeah, sometimes it's medical insurance uh, and and what you can do to fix that. So not enough people actually call in and ask about that, uh, but little do they realize that that is probably easily the number one area that we have to fix um, because uh, in the insurance industry, there's no such thing as risk management. It's all about insurance sales. And what you should be doing is what professional corporations do you know businesses do risk management they determine okay if this happens what's the risk and how's it how's it going to impact us financially what can we do to mitigate it and what's the most cost-effective way to totally mitigate the risk that's what risk management's all about most people call up an agent and they say hey i'm buying a car it's a it's a ford uh, explorer you know and the agent says okay here you go yeah, you know, sign here and got you all covered. You know, give this to the uh, dealership and you're good to go. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, you sit there and shake your head when you see this. You know, when you when you know, and so forth. So anyway, we're on an open show tonight. Four one zero nine two two six six eighty is the way to call in. Uh, we got our friend Rebecca here, so we'll go right to Rebecca and ask her what she wants to talk about. Hi, Drew, my friend. I, w- I want to tell you, I take all your advice very seriously, and I called up about my Medicare policy, and unfortunately, some of these things, it, it was not, um, they don't have it in Pennsylvania. So I'm going to look into other things, okay? And, and no one, and this is my own personal opinion, no one I've talked to likes the advantage. So 
I'm, uh, I also, like, uh, one of the shows you mentioned, Plan N, and I'm looking into that, okay? Yeah, that's the one you should be on in, in Pennsylvania. And unfortunately, right now, I don't think Erie offers Medigap in Pennsylvania. Right. right. Yeah, okay. so you definitely want Plan N. When you live in Pennsylvania, there's like six states in the country that you want to go with Plan N. The other, uh, what would that be, 50, uh, 44 states in the country, you would go with Plan G. Plan G. But your your state is a cool one. You get to go with Plan N and pay a you know, probably a good 20% cheaper. Okay. Now, the other thing I had, I've had like these huge expenses in, in, in my life. And it's not, I mean, it's like, you know, my car went up. My phone went up, other things went up, and I was wondering, okay, now I have a trust fund, I have a, a checking account, and I have a, um, a, a, um, an IRA. Now, when it comes to, like, what I want to take my um, money out of, the first thing should be my checking account, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know your situation totally, but yeah, in, overall, that normally would be the place. Yeah, but see, my checking account now is getting a lot of money. My trust fund isn't getting any money. And every time I do something where I get more money, I pay more taxes. But that's the way it is, right? Um, not necessarily. You know, it just depends on where it's coming from and how it's coming in and so forth as to what you're going to pay in taxes and, and et cetera. So, you know, you just – these are – those are – your questions you're asking me are ones that, without seeing your specifics, I right. couldn't possibly answer. Well, so. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, from a standpoint, okay, if once I start taking money out of my IRA, I have to keep taking it out because I'm, I'm over 59, right? You can't just no, you don't it. have to start taking money out of your IRA until you're 73. Right. See, that's what I was thinking. Anything I can delay it to make my income lower, I was going to do. Well, that's true, but you also have to be careful that you don't uh, cut off your nose to spite your face. And as they say, sometimes what we do is we want people to pay taxes on at least up to the 12% tax bracket or at least up to the 22% tax bracket if we see that when you do start taking RMDs, you're going to be in the 24% bracket. So we'd want to fill it up now while you're in a lower tax bracket. You know, so you got to be careful. There is no perfect answer to the questions you're asking. I can't just say, you know, like if you call up and say my auto insurance is this, you know, I could say, yeah, it should be this. But I got to go. I got to take my first pause for Thank the night. For but it's fight. a Thank you. excellent question. Uh, anyway, we got to go to traffic, Leo. Take it away, traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. 
That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're on an open show tonight here with Leo Leveza. And uh, if you want to call in, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in. We do have callers online, though, so we're going to be going to them in a second. I just want to remind you that uh, we published the book, The Financial Physical, uh, at the beginning of January of this year. And the book is designed to be a, um, uh, a story of how the financial conflict came about and why we believe that all financial advisors should operate like a doctor, that they should not be affiliated with brokerage firms, insurance companies, or banks. They should not take commissions or referral fees. They should work as a fiduciary at all times. They should be highly educated, highly experienced before they're ever able to work with a client uh, directly and uh, that's not the way the industry operates I'd say close to 90% of the industry doesn't operate that way uh, but the public uh, sort of hears the message but doesn't really uh, truly comprehend fully how bad the financial services industry really is um, so hopefully you read the financial physical at the end of each chapter are some great tips on personal finances uh, the things that you should know if you want to just do it yourself it's a great book to read get some good insight um, but it's also a great book to read to understand how this industry operates and why it needs to change and that's why we do this show and so hopefully you'll get that on Amazon we priced it to sell $5.99 there's no money in there for us we do that because we like educating the public just like we do on this radio show so if you want to call in 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask a question let's go right to Willie in Stevenson Bill that's right Willie how can we help you tonight Willie uh, somebody told me that you could buy an insurance policy a whole life policy and because of your age being advanced like over 70 do a policy on your grandchild and then front load it with you know money you've already paid taxes on two or three hundred thousand and then when you retire take loans out against the policy because loans are tax-free is that true false whatever the the statement is true but if you do that for your retirement just keep in mind that you're really preparing for the insurance agent's retirement more than your own that's my opinion i've looked at this too many times and there is no I can't figure out the economic advantage to it over a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k or even a traditional IRA or traditional 401k. But the insurance agents promote it, they believe in it, and they're good salespeople, uh, and it definitely makes a lot of money for them. So it doesn't really help you at all? I, I have not found it to be beneficial. I will say this. If you're extremely wealthy, you have extreme amount of extra cash flow, you're already doing everything you can with retirement plans and so forth, um, we could possibly make a case 
that in that scenario, we might want to consider that as an option for accumulating money for the future that has some tax preference to it. Uh, but even then, I have found it to be failing in uh, true benefits. So well, that's my that, opinion. The thing that concerns me is Congress is always changing laws, even though you know your retirement is supposed to come out. Isn't it Roth tax free? Yeah, Roth is tax free, but you know the insurance industry. If they tried to take the Roth away, the insurance industry would have more difficulty trying to defend the insurance products than the Roth would have defending the Roth, because more people have Roth accounts now than have insurance policies, especially ones that they're using on their grandchildren and so forth to accumulate money for the future. Look, I've seen this too many times. And again, I repeat my, my position, this is my position. If you're doing it for your retirement, you're probably helping their retirement, the insurance agent's retirement, far more than you're helping your own. All right? Probably right. is. Okay, thank you for your time. All right, buddy, take care. Actually, we just had one where the client, fairly well-to-do, and he was buying an insurance policy on his son, and I mean, you know, when we explained it to him, he looked at us and said, why am I doing this? And I said, well, you were doing it for your friend who sold it to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, let's go to Don on the Eastern Shore. <laughs> That's right. Don, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, Drew. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, so I finally fed, figured out why the bank gives me a lollipop every time I come there. Because <laughs> uh, they see me as one of these suckers that we talked about before that... Uh, <laughs> I understand. I understand. I, I know you've talked about it before, but I've been procrastinating. I'm one of these people that has a good amount of money uh, in a checking account that's not paying any interest. Sure. So um, I think I want to park it somewhere safe, like a CD or something, but I'm looking, you know, to get, obviously, to get the best return for, that I can, but I, you know, I want to put, put it in something that, uh, can't, you know, is FDIC insured and can't lose principal. Sure. And there's a financial show that I watch nightly, and they were showing different rates for, like, 10-year T-notes, one-year T-bills, and, like, 20-year T-bond. So I'm kind of confused on and I thought maybe you could explain the difference well, on what, okay, what so between, like, a T-note, a T-bill, and a T-bond is. Okay, so um, a T-note tends to be uh, between two years and seven years in maturity. A T-bill tends to be between 30 days and one year. And a T-bond tends to be 10 years to 30 years. So you definitely want to stay away from the 10 to 30-year bonds. Um, well, you know, I mean, actually, the rates have moved up that they're becoming slightly more attractive, but I probably wouldn't be tempted to fool with them at this point in time. So stay in the T-bill range. And T-bills, of course, are safer than, than FDI-insured CDs, right? Because FDIC-insured CDs are only as good as the FDIC and then the de facto government guarantee behind them. The T-bills are a guaranteed carte blanche guarantee of the United States government, right? So obviously T-bills are safer than T and then CDs that are FDIC insured. The difference is minimal, um, but yet there's a difference between being directly guaranteed by the United States government 
and being de facto guaranteed by the government through the FDIC. There's a big difference between the two because they can renege on the uh, guarantee of the FDIC if they wanted to. Now, it would be a disaster if they did, but they could. Um, T-bills, though, there's no ability to default on that. And if they did, then then it's all over for all of us, period. You know, so, um, I, you know, just stay with your short-term uh, CDs and uh, T-bills or or online savings accounts that are FDIC insured, et cetera, et cetera. You should be getting four and a half to five and a half percent on any of those types of securities at this point in time and give up everybody listening right now should give up on the local brick and mortar banks they're they're deceiving you they're mistreating you they're acting like you're like don said earlier you're a sucker you know that you're just you're just too dumb to take your money out so we're just going to stick it to you and pay you zero when all these other exactly identical safe investments are yielding five, four to five percent. So I agree with you, Don. Go go do something. All right. Get it done tomorrow so we don't have to talk about this again next week. All right. OK, I'm going to be calling you. I want to I want to make an appointment with you. All right. Well, we'd love that, you know. But right now we got to go. We got to we're at 629. We're have a hard break. We got to go to traffic. Take it away. Traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're on an open show tonight, uh, back here with Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here, Leo Leveza is with me. We've got Craig on the line. Hopefully, we got Craig on the line still. We do. But Craig's the only one on the line, so... If you want to call and fill those other lines for the other half of this show, um, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question and direct the conversation like Don did, like Willie did, like Rebecca did. They directed the conversation, things that were important to them. And you have that opportunity, too, by calling in 410-922-6680. In the interim, we're going to go to Craig in Westminster. See how we can help Craig there, Leo. That's right. Think? Craig, thanks for your patience. What can we do for oh, you? Sure, thank you. I always enjoy listening to your advice. Uh, my question, um, if someone has started doing the RMDs, uh, but their spouse is like four or five years younger, it's not required to do it, so your spouse is only like 69, uh, and that person passes away, a spouse inherits the IRA and so forth. Do they have to start making RMDs on 
on that, or can they wait till they're 73? So there are numerous options for a spouse when they inherit an IRA, okay? So without going into all the detail of those options, depending on which option they choose is going to answer that question. But the typical thing with what you just said, Craig, is that we're going to recommend to the younger spouse to roll over your IRA into their IRA once it gets into their IRA, uh, RMDs are deferred until they hit 73. Right. That would be the way to do it. Right. But there are two other options where they can leave it in an inherited IRA and or they can leave it in your IRA, which is a brand new one uh, that we don't even truly understand what exactly how it ex- exactly operates. But if you leave it in those two, then they would have to continue to start taking RMDs like you were taking them. But that's unlikely we would ever recommend that. Okay, yeah, the, the rollover, I didn't think of that option. That seems like the way to go, yeah. That's normally, but, you know, let's say it was the other way around, God forbid. Let's say the 69-year-old uh, passed away first, and you're already over 73. So we're going to recommend, right. no, Craig, wait a minute. You just leave it in an inherited IRA under your spouse's name. And then when they would turn 73, then you roll it over to your IRA. And now it just continues. Or, or we could just leave it there, you know, and use right. the RMD rules for your, your spouse at their age as opposed to your age. And it just depends on what everybody's looking for, how complex we want to make it, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a good question. Excellent question. Thank you. Uh, Leo, no one else online? No one's calling in or anything? Not at the moment. What, what's your what's your problem, Leo? You know, you're supposed, <laughs> to, you're supposed to get the people to call in, you know? 410, right? 922-6680 is the way to call in. 410-922-6680. And that question Greg, Craig asked is an excellent one. Because it is get it's gotten extra complicated now because now there's this third option where you can literally leave the account as if it's Craig's account, let's say he's the one that passed away. We could actually leave it as his, or we could take it as an inherited beneficiary IRA, or we can take it as an rollover. And only a spouse can choose this. A surviving spouse is the only one that can choose it. So there's lots of different options, and it depends on the age of the person that, that passed away, the age of the person that's receiving it. And that's the, that's the determining factor as to how you're going to make these decisions and so forth, if you understand the rules. Most people don't understand the rules. They just always roll it over to the spousal IRA. And that's not always the best answer. Right. And it's like Graham says, you know, Congress keeps us employed with all these rules they keep coming up with. (laughs) They keep (laughs) us in full employment there, Leo, you know, because they come up with all these crazy rules and uh, and we have to figure them out because the average person in the public is never going to be able to figure this stuff out unless you're spending 24 seven of your time reading it and thinking about it and so forth. Anyway, we're on an open show, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680 is the way to call and ask your question. Anything you want to talk about, if it deals with your personal finance, it's a question that we uh, should be able to answer. You can always uh, feel like you're going to call and and uh, try to stump the advisor. There you go. That's a good one. That's, try to stump the advisor. It's advisors. like a game show. Yeah, like the game show. And if you if you get it right, 
I mean, if you stump the advisor, we'll send you a free financial physical book um, so that, you know, we can say you know more than we do. So here's some free uh, free book with worthless information to you because you know more than we do. <laughs> so anyway, you got somebody online. Let's go to them. We do. We've got Chris. Uh, Chris, can we, what can we do for you tonight? So my bank has is they're offering like a four point six percent, like a nine month money market, I believe. Okay. But it it can't be money that you already have in that bank. It's got to be from somewhere else. I'd tell them go blow it out of their nose. You know, I mean, you know, number one, why why new money? I mean, I can go to any bank that's paying a reasonable interest rate today and put in as much money as I want, new or old or in between, it doesn't matter. And why only for seven months? I mean, tell them to go blow it at their nose. You can go get yourself a real bank like Alley Bank or or Capital One uh, uh, Performance Savings, three sixty five Performance Savings, you know, or or Marcus Bank or Discover Bank or Amex Banks. They're paying four and a half to five percent nowadays. You know, tell these okay. banks to go blow it at their nose. All right, thank you. All right, sir. You guys are really hitting my hot button, you know, because <laughs> I just can't stand how these brick-and-mortar banks are sitting there, PNC and M&T and, and B of A, and, you know, all these banks are sitting there telling people, oh, I can't pay you any more interest. I, yeah, they can. They do. They pay plenty of people, you know, if the private if the private banking client came in and said, you know, I've got two million dollars in your bank, you better pay me four or five percent. They're going to give it to him, you know, but the little guy comes in with fifty thousand dollars. They're going to tell him to take point zero one percent. That's just insulting. And there's plenty of banks out there that will give it. I, I We had a client that, you know, a listener, a listener called in and he went to B of A and he said, Give me an interest rate. They said, go blow it out your nose. And he said, okay, I will. And he took his money, went two, two blocks down to Capital One, and they gave him a 365 performance savings account with four and a quarter or 4.3%. That's what you ought to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it's a difficulty to make the change, and the banks are counting on that, the inertia of not wanting to make the change. So don't give them that inertia. Drive yourself to change. Anyway, let's go to Joey. That's right. Jelly, what's on your mind tonight? I have a special needs butter. Um, do you guys do special needs trusts with your company? Well, we're not lawyers, so we don't do them. We do uh, think about them and, and advise clients what they ought to be thinking about and how to, how to structure them and what types of lawyers are going to do them well, et cetera, et cetera. But we are not lawyers. You need a lawyer to do the special needs trust. But remember, there's a couple different ways to do a special needs trust. You can do it individually, or you can do it uh, through an institution. So there's different ways to do them, and you know you should you know get a good lawyer and I'll tell you the the um, um, Mario Byrne, uh, who's just went with a new firm in Towson, I believe. Uh, but if you do a Google search on Mary O'Byrne, O B Y R N E. She's probably the best special needs attorney out there in the state of Maryland. Thank you very much. All right. See you, Joey. Thanks, Joey. What do we got? We got time for Bob. Let's go talk to Bob. That's right. Bob, uh, what can we do for you tonight? Uh, yes. Uh, we're 73. I am. My wife's 71, and we're both still working, and we uh, 
it waited till '71 to get Social Security. Anyway, uh, the we did we get taxes taken out of our Social Security, but uh, we both have IRAs and uh, and a 401. We don't have Roth, and I guess you know that was something maybe years ago we could have started to do, but we didn't. Uh, at this point, since we're, we're going to probably both retire next year, it, it should we small amounts? Because I know if we brought everything over to Roth, we'd have an incredible tax bill. And you, I assume you don't have everybody, you don't do that all at one time if you bring it over, or is it even worth bringing it over at this point? Yeah. Uh, I you, ask, let me ask you a quick question, Bob. Will you be willing to hold on while you go through a commercial break? Because I want to take some time I'll to answer this. As long this. as I can, I'm driving, but I'll, uh, as long as I can, I will. You I'm hold, and I'm going to come back and answer this because it's a great question, and there's lots of cool things you can do. All right? We're going to take a traffic okay. break. Going to be right back with Bob and answer his great question. All right? Take it away, Travis. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Riches and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBL. We're back, Money, Riches and Wealth. We're here on an open show. We're going to answer Bob's question in one minute, uh, but we probably could take another two callers if you're out there and you want to call in 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. So let's go to Bob. That's right. Bob, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. So, um... How many more years are you going to work? Maybe about probably about a year or so, maybe a year or two at the most, a year to two. We're getting we're winding things up, so we, you know, think everybody asks us why we're still working, so we have to have to answer that question really too. Are you but, with a fairly big company or a small company or what? Medium, medium company, and they've got a four hundred one k plan. Two hundred fifty employees, local right. Baltimore company. Yeah, and you got and you've got a four hundred one k plan, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Who's your IRA with? Is it a brokerage I have, I, firm? I have my own personal IRAs. Uh, the the uh, 401 through works through Fidelity, but the uh, f- my uh, IRAs and, and personal investments are all through Price, T. Rowe Price. Okay. So one of the things that irritates me right now is you said you're already 73, right? So you have to take required minimum just distributions, correct? Yes. I did my first early, from the end of 72, I had to do some early... Uh, uh, yeah, you took them last uh, year. RMDs, RMDs. You took them last year, and you had to take them this year too, right? Or you I will? I haven't taken them yet this year, but I guess I, I will be, of course. You will be. Yeah. But here's the yeah. thing. If if somebody would have said to you when you were 71, Bob, if you roll over your IRAs at T. Rowe Price into your Fidelity 401k, you don't have right. to take RMDs. Right. 
So if well, between... I think about that, too, uh, and I think you had mentioned that about a couple of months ago when a very similar person asked the question, just bring it over, and if Fidelity of my work can do it, uh, that always puts it off for a year or two. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a big benefit because, you know, you're taking that RMD this year and, and last year, you probably didn't need it, and so you're, you're paying taxes on something that you don't really need, Right. Right, and I also have four beneficiary IRAs when my parents were. Uh, those are inherited uh, IRAs, right? Inherited, but I've been paying uh, minimum requires for those. Yeah, well, you but have you to have to do it with those. There's nothing you, you can do with those. those. Are you and your wife charitably minded? Yeah, I listen. You've told us several times about ways to do it, or I've listened to you different weeks where you actually those contributions can uh, that are charitable, charitable contributions. Excuse me, can be. Uh, can, can be brought over. Taken right no, from no. the IRA and count against your required minimum distribution. So whatever charitable giving you're doing out of those, I mean, whatever charitable giving you're doing, you should use those inherited IRAs first to uh, give to charity. So let's say you have three inherited IRAs and you have to take out $4,000. And let's say you're giving 5000 to your church. Well, I would I would give 4000 from those inherited IRAs. That fulfills all of your required minimum distributions, 100% tax-free, Bob. And then your last 1000 you know, you can then take from your IRA and give to your church also. So 5000 of all your required minimum distributions are 100% tax-free. Well, just real quick, because I know I can't be on too long, but if I take my work, I mean my T. Rowe Price uh, IRAs and bring them all over lock, stock, and barrel to my 401, do I, do, is there capital gains? Is there anything involved? No, sir. It's 100%, it's 100% direct rollover. There's no, no tax to do that. Now, you will have to take your RMD for 2023. You can't bypass that now because you had an IRA balance on 1231.22. So you can't get over that. You're going to have to take that. But if you're charitably minded, I would take the RMD from your IRAs this year and give whatever you're given to charity, I would give out of those IRA required minimum distributions. That is an absolute necessity if you want to maximize the efficiency of your taxes and your giving um, that is something that you... After January 2024, then take over my personal invest, uh, IRAs and bring that over to uh, work because I'm still working. No, you get, you've got to do the IRA rollover to your work before the end of 2023. Okay, it does not work if you wait until January 1 to do it. Now okay. you've got another required minimum distribution for 2024. Right. You have to roll them over this year, and you and you still have to take the required minimum for 2023. <clears throat> but if you're giving money to charity, give well, it out of those funds a lot with with the work uh, 401 uh, that I have. I'm just wondering how how that you know. Uh, I would bet you anything. I would bet you anything if you did an analysis. Your target date funds at Fidelity are probably doing as well as your T. Rowe Price mutual funds. Okay. 
Okay, so, I know you got other calls. I'll take into account and maybe make an appointment with you. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. There's a lot of good things, and and he didn't even we didn't get to that final question about the Roth. Any any amount of money between now and when he retires, if he can just contribute to the Roth 401k, Roth 401k. Do not do any conversions until he gets to full retirement. When he gets the full retirement, that's when we start looking at Roth conversion uh, concepts and so forth. Let's go to Michael in Baltimore there, Leo. That's right. Michael, what can we do for you? Yeah. Um, my question is, um, I'm currently transferring my years of service in one jurisdiction in Maryland to another, and I have the option to purchase a year for one of the years that I worked. I wasn't contributing to, the, to my to a pension. I could I could purchase the year. And I want to know if that's always a no-brainer, assuming I'd be making more money at the end of my career than I am currently. Is that always a no-brainer to uh, Yes, under one circumstance. Uh, I believe you can use funds from your 401k or 403b to do that. And if you use your 401k or 403b funds to do that, then it absolutely becomes a somewhat of a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I, mean, oh, I can use I can I can use funds that I currently have saved up in a four hundred one k. Only the ones that I believe are part of the Maryland. Uh, are you in Maryland? In Maryland, yeah. Yeah. If it's if it's savings that you've accumulated in a four hundred one k or a four hundred three b in Maryland, uh, I know you can do it with the four hundred three b's. I've never done it with the 401k, but I would guess it's the same rule that they're going to let you take the money out of your 401k give it to them to buy that year, and it's a tax-free transfer. And it would have to be a 401k in my name, not, 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 not the one in my wife's name? Correct. It has to be one in your name um, in order to be able to do that to, your, to buy your year of a pension. Okay. Uh, All right. Th- thank you very much. Yeah. So if he has that, it, that's, a, that's definitely a no-brainer. Taking money out of his after-tax accounts to do that, I... You'd have to look at that equation a little more. Right. We're going to D in Baltimore. Do we have enough time? Let's hope. Let's go for it. D, what can we do for you? Oh, yes. Uh, I just called in. Uh, what happened to me? I had to quit my job. I had to take care of my grandparents. Okay. I quit my job to take care of my grandparents. Then my mom, then my stepfather. So, and Social Security told me that I'm not allowed to have more than two thousand dollars worth of property okay so you're um you're on some kind of supplemental security income yes on ssidi yeah ssidi does require no more than two thousand dollars in assets that is absolutely correct oh okay yeah, I'm sorry, that's... but that's that's the rules that they have. But there are ways to work with it. I don't know how much money you do have. There are ways around it. You can set up an ABLE account. and uh, But what you ought to do is talk to one of the counselors from the county and see if they can help you um, to okay. navigate through that, okay? Yeah, because I'm, I'm trying to move. I, I moved from um, Catonsville after my stuff all passed away. And I'm in the city, and I don't like it where I'm staying at right now. Well, talk to one of the counselors and see if they can help you. But, you know, right now, unfortunately, I'm out of time. But uh, I pray that that gets worked out for you, my friend. 
Okay, thank you so much for talking to me. All right, take care, Deke. Good talking to you. All right, Leo, we're on to time, I believe, right? We are, and it's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Your time moves fast when you're here, buddy. Time flies you know? when you're having fun. <laughs> anyway, we're just taking the saying God bless. Things are gonna be much